1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance of the USA Wealth Group. It's time to get your finances in order. MoneyWise starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to MoneyWise. MoneyWise is brought to you every Sunday morning at this time by USA Wealth Group. And the first thing I'd like to do this morning is to welcome my guest, my co-host, my co-partner, attorney, Tenny Lance. Good morning, Tenny. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, everyone. Tenny, have you ever gone on a vacation? Oh, we've taken some wonderful vacations. We've been really very lucky. So let's think about what happens when we take a vacation. Well, first of all, you have to think about what's your destination? Where do you want to go? And then the next thing is, how do you want to get there? Are you going to travel by car? Are you going to go by boat? Do you have to fly someplace to get there? Then you have to make a plan. You have to make a reservation for that because you can't just show up at the airport someday and say, I'm going to take a plane today, right? We have to go online in the computer and figure out which airline, what's it going to cost, which seat would you like to be in if you're going to have a chance to choose your seat. Or even a driving vacation. We, we take driving vacations once in a while maybe drive someplace for two or three hours and visit someplace, sometimes just for the day, sometimes overnight. But the thing is you have to plan when you do those kinds of things, don't you? And people get interested and they get excited and they get enthusiastic and say, we're going to go here. We're going to go here for three days. Maybe we're going to go to Disney World or something like that. You sure have to plan for that. But isn't it interesting, Tenny, and isn't it a very interesting commentary on the Times that People will spend more time planning for a trip, a vacation, an excursion of some kind, without spending that kind of time at all on thinking about their future and what's going to happen to their assets, how they're going to protect their family and their kids. So we see that all the time, don't we? Oh, I knew where you were going with that. And yes, we see it all too often. We, um, I, I can uh, go back to the many, many, many times that we've told people, get your circumstances in order, get your documents in line, get them signed, and so forth. So, oh yes, people do do that. So we get excited if we think about, gee, we're going to travel and do something different or something fun, something exciting. Even a trip down to Foxwood, you have to plan for that. If you're going to drive or take a bus or something. But why don't people put any kind of energy into doing planning? Well, today we're going to be talking about some retirement basics of how long do you plan to live, what will you do in retirement, and do you have a plan for how to manage your income during that time? Because retirement is kind of a funny, unnatural state of affairs, isn't it? It's a very odd time for most people. They just look forward to it. They they just get all excited about, I'm going to retire at 65. But then what? Well, exactly. You know, I have some clients right now who live over in the Plymouth and the Marshfield area who say, well, I can retire right now. Um, My job is okay, but the problem is I don't really know what I want to do when I retire. I'm not the kind of person who's going to go out and play golf or watch television all day. So maybe if you have a plan for working, you ought to have some kind of a plan for what you want to do in retirement. Well, that's exactly the case for both you and me. I don't think that either of us are comfortable about um, golfing or watching television or anything like that. So 
We have not retired, and I don't think we have any plans to. No, we cut back on our schedule periodically, and maybe we'll work a four-day week, but retirement is simply not in our plans at the moment. But I know sometimes you said you would do more gardening, for example. Not in the winter. Um, well, no, I didn't, mean, I didn't mean in the winter. And, the winter's um, a hard time because it's, uh, it's dark, longer, all those kinds of things. No, I don't know what I'd do in the winter. I'd take a lot more walks, even in the True. winter. Yep. I'd put my boots on and go walking through some of the nature trails. We have so many wonderful places to walk around here, don't we? Well, the fact is, when we talk about retirement in general, um, we're all going to live longer. And we, first of all, should tell everybody that plan that you're going to live longer than what you think you are going to live. And I wonder how many people think about that. They think, well, maybe I'm 70 years old. How long do I expect to live? I'm relatively healthy. Will I live until I'm 80 or 85 or even 90 perhaps? Well, I certainly see more and more clients who are in their 80s, mid-80s, even in their 90s, who are pretty darn healthy, doing everything that they've always done. Well, I read a lot of different newspapers and magazines. There's something called IBD, Investor's Business Daily Magazine, or it's not a magazine, it's a newspaper. And there was an article that I clipped a while back, which is simply titled, Plan on Living Longer. So one people, uh, once uh, people retire... Sometimes they change their lifestyle, but one of the reasons that people retire sometimes is because they're no longer able physically to handle their job. So if you have a job that means you have to use your, your muscles and your body and, or even your brain, you may just become disabled and no longer able to work. Maybe you're an airline mechanic or something of that nature or an airline pilot. So what, what do people do if they're going to plan on living longer? And I guess the other important point about this is that we have all kinds of medical advances now, don't we, Tenny? I heard this morning on uh, the TV news about a heart machine that can revive a dead heart and get it beating again and ready for a transplant. I mean, the medical miracles are just amazing. Yes. Well, medical advances, science, vitamins, exercise, everything that we do is much different than what earlier generations did. So if you retired at 65, which used to be sort of the norm for taking retirement, you're probably going to live to be another 20 or 25 years in retirement. Yes, and isn't it interesting that although the lifespan has expanded so much, um, most people still think that 65 is the date to retire. I don't know why that's held on so long. Well... Maybe it's related to politics or something like that, but we don't talk about politics no, anyway. No, we don't want to get into politics. So what are some of the things you could do if you're thinking about retirement or maybe have actually retired? Well, what if you started school, you started a college education, and you never completed it? You can always go back to school and complete your education. Well, maybe- we have a couple of examples in our family of that. Your brother went back to school when he was in his, what, 50s, I guess, maybe maybe 60s, and got his master's degree. Yeah, he did. Well, actually, he did more than that. Um, When he was 19, he did one year of college, and then he joined the Army, went to Vietnam, and came back. And he went right to work for a utility company. And he was a lineman for a while, later became a supervisor, instructor, and teacher. 
But along the way, he took the time to get his degree part-time, including getting actually two master's degrees. That's right. He did one as an MBA, and he did, he did one in, I think, electrical engineering. Yep. Yep. So, we were all very proud of him for doing that. And when I was in my 50s, I decided to go back to law school. So uh, it's never too late, folks. Well, sometimes you have to think about retraining yourself and think about what happens if I lost my job? What happens if my company went out of business? So right now it's estimated, for example, and this is a fairly recent article within the last two years, it's estimated that all the advances that are taking place in automation and robotics will eliminate approximately half, that's half of the current occupations in the next 10 to 15 years. That's a very short time frame. So what you have to do is learn to operate the robotics. <laughs> yes, and maybe you'll become a, you know, a robot technician or something like that. But the fact is you're going to have to continually and continuously retrain yourself. And that's true for 20-year-olds and it's true for 50- or 60-year-olds. So if you're going to live longer, you need to have financial goals, obviously, because you're going to need money and you're going to live longer and you're going to need money in retirement. Um, some companies, for example, like Chrysler, Starbucks, they're not too popular around here. Um, there's no Chrysler factory. But the, a lot of companies will offer educational reimbursement. We've done some of that in our own office. We've had people take courses in, um, what's the spreadsheet uh, software that you use? Excel? Yeah. We've had people go to uh, the Volk School and take classes in Excel. And they did their own time and put it in, and we paid for those courses. It helps them, and it helps us. And remember that uh, even UMass Dartmouth offers uh, free classes for people who are older. Yes, that's become much more restrictive um, in the last couple of years, though. It's not the same thing it used to be. Um, Now you have to be actually in a degree-granting program, I believe. right. Um, And it's not just taking occasional courses, but still it's a worthwhile thing to do. So think about the fact that we're going to live longer because of medical advances, because most people are living healthier, and the job market's going to change. So let's talk for a second about health care expenses. Actually, I want to give you a quick quotation first from Ben Bernanke. Uh, Ben Bernanke was chairman of the Federal Reserve, a well-known figure in this country, and he said, Smart financial planning, such as budgeting, saving for emergencies, and preparing for retirement, can help households enjoy better lives while weathering financial shocks. Financial education can play a key role in getting to these outcomes. This is my most dry quotation. Very dry. For today. Sorry. <laughs> I, had to, I had to throw out some of the George Burns materials that I was going to use today. Who weren't worthy of radio? Um <laughs> weren't acceptable on radio. (laughs) Let's just say it that way. But let's jump to the subject of how much do you expect to pay for health care expenses in retirement? This is a real shocker. Uh, And this is a very recent article also. This is from the Wall Street Journal, and it says, how much will your health care expenses be in retirement? And they did some survey work. They quoted a company called HealthView, which looks at the whole medical and health... Uh, industry. And it said right now, a healthy 65-year-old couple can expect to pay on average 
$266,000 for insurance premiums and another $128,000 for related expenses such as dental, vision, co-pays, out-of-pocket bills over time. That's a lot of money. That's like $400,000. So when you think about your retirement budget, what you're going to spend in retirement, whether you know it or not, um, you're paying for part of your Medicare. Oh, absolutely. It every re- year. It relates to your income. Every year when Social Security increases, it doesn't really come down to the bottom line for most people because every year the Medicare deduction increases. So this same study said, uh, was, this particular study was done in 2015 in October. It says a couple when both spouses have median drug expenses, which is it's not an average, but it's like in the middle, would need $259,000 uh, in order to pay medical bills. And if they don't have that, then they have a 90% chance of not having enough money to cover health care bills in retirement. Yeah, it would be interesting to find out what the breakdown of that is because um, virtually everybody over 65 has Medicare. It's that 20% gap, the Medicare gap, that's tough on people because they have to pay that out of pocket. And it's the copay, and Medicare doesn't pay for dental expenses. Or vision or hearing. So there's all those kinds of things that you don't think about, but they're going to be there, and, and they do add up. Uh, and by the way, th- when we're talking about these hundreds of thousands of dollars that you're going to pay in retirement for medical expenses and insurance, that does not include the cost of long-term care. Oh, that's don't get me started on that subject. No, but that's if you had to go into a nursing home or if you had to pay to have somebody come in your house. Now, I know, for example, Tenny, right now down in North Carolina, your own brother um, is having issues with his wife who's got dementia issues. And it was hugely stressful for your brother. So he now has care coming in, uh, was it five days a week to help? Five days a week, nine to five. A lady is in the house helping. um, And most importantly, relieving my brother of the obligation to watch out for my sister-in-law and keep her safe and occupied. And those expenses that he's paying are not covered by any health insurance? Nope. They're coming right out of his retirement fund. It's very, it, it's, it's really poor that this country has not taken on um, fixing the situation for older Americans, their health care, their well-being, all of that. Well, um, it, it's an enormous problem. The cost of health care um, is something that people don't really think about and don't understand. So one of the things that we did this morning, uh, just before coming to do this show, is look up the current rate of inflation. And it's gone up one-tenth of a percent in just one month. So for the 12 months ending in October, for example, the rate of inflation right now is 1.8%. So what does that mean? That's how fast, or that's the rate at which cost of goods and cost of services are going up. Or to look at it another way, if you have money um, in some kind of an investment, let's say it's a bank, if you're not making at least 1.8% on your money, you're not keeping pace with inflation, you're losing money as far as your buying power is concerned. And a lot of people don't ever think about that when they keep a lot of money in bank accounts and you continually remind them that 
Yeah, we're really losing money. Well, I don't want to be all doom and gloom, but just the most important point to put a cap on this is to simply say that it's a lot more expensive to pay for medical, health, eyeglass, dental, hearing care in retirement than people realize, number one. And number two, the rate of inflation means that the cost of living goes up for everything, not just medical and and, uh, dental expenses. So... Let's say you're a younger person, but you have a parent who's older, and you're helping to take care of that parent, for example. Um, What happens if you have a parent or a friend, or in your case, Tenny, a client, who might need help with managing money and paying their bills? So again, I'm going to refer you to a, a recent article that was in the Wall Street Journal on the last two years. And basically it says, if aging parents need help with finances. And this is basically talking about the concept of having a daily manager. It says, finding a daily manager isn't easy, but it's crucial to hire a trusted one. So what happens if you know somebody who's maybe a parent? um, They really can't grasp the concept of writing checks and paying their bills, and they don't understand these things anymore. Maybe you can hire a money manager. Uh, You've seen a few situations like that, I'm sure, Tenny. Oh, I often see situations where parents have decided to turn over the control of their regular monthly, daily finances to their children, which isn't a, a horrible burden. It's just hard for the parents to give up, and it's sometimes hard for the children to do that while they're probably taking care of their own children. But uh, in any case, that is, seems to be one of the things that people have the most trouble with is keeping track of their finances, um, making sure their checkbook is uh, in line and, and, and that the balance is kept with the bank accurately and all those sorts of things. And this is a tricky area right now. There's a new category of people who do this kind of business professionally. Unfortunately, it's It's a fairly new industry, if you will. There's something called the American Association of Daily Money Managers. And um, these are people who have to go through and disclose credentials. They have to take uh, study courses. They have to have 1,500 hours of paid experience in the last three years. Uh, They have to know bookkeeping and tax basics, and they have to undergo a criminal background check. Because this is an area where people could be taken advantage of, too, isn't it? Yes, and I have not heard of these kinds of folks around our area. Um, I think it would be a wonderful thing if it did start up to become an industry around here because a lot of people do need help. But, boy, you want to make sure that you can trust them. And um, I know, like in my business at USA Wealth Group, when we talk to people about finances, I have seen situations, and I'm sure you have in the law firm also, Tenny, where maybe even a child has taken advantage advantage of an older parent and um, done things improperly with their finances that they shouldn't have. So it's a tricky area. You, You need to work with somebody you can trust. Usually it's a family member. It could also be an accounting firm. It could be a law firm. But you need to make sure that somebody is doing this. Um... Have you seen situations in which you've got an older person who is just really sort of insistent that they can do their own 
but really they're not capable any longer? What do you do in those situations? It's a very difficult situation because most people don't want to give up control. They've had uh, control of their finances since they were 16 years old, and by golly, even though they're 88, they're going to continue. Um, and it really is hard. Uh, it, it requires sometimes court action, and that's not fun, nor is it an easy thing to do. Well, it's a tricky area, but if you want more information about some options, including counsel and aging might be a place to start, uh, give Tenny Lance a call, Attorney Tenny Lance at 508-998-8800, and uh, she'll be happy to talk to you about the situation. And if you suspect that um, there is elder abuse, financial elder abuse, be sure to report that to the district attorney's office because they do have a a sub-department that works on that. Right. Well, I want to give you a quick quotation from somebody named Alice Waters. I guess I don't really believe in retirement. I believe in shorter days and maybe in weekends. And that's really what we're talking about for us right now, isn't it, Tony? Uh, We're trying to schedule so that maybe we don't work on Fridays and can do other kinds of things doesn't always work. Yes, I talked with somebody the other day who said, um, well, I told him that I would uh, call him about 9 o'clock. He said, hey, I'm 70. I've decided I'm not coming in until 10 o'clock. And I thought, well, that's a good idea. Well, there's a lot I of little options. I come every day anyway because I'm not a morning person. That's true, Tenny. I mean, <laughs> you, you could probably sleep until 10 o'clock. No. <laughs> So Betty White, you know who Betty White is, right? She's so funny. She's, She's a one great of my lady. favorites. Betty White once said, "Retirement is not in my vocabulary. They aren't going to get rid of me that way." <laughs> and that's very true for her. She She's, must be in her nineties. She's got to be in her nineties. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Still going. Well, sometimes parents need help with uh, their finances, and I wonder how many parents think about getting their own affairs organized to make it much easier for their children. That's a really important thing to do, isn't it, if you're older? Oh, it's amazing to me how many times I have people come in the office, and the initial thing that we do is to sit down with them and and go over what their uh, entire life situation is, where their finances are, how many children they have, and so forth. And so many people have no idea about what their balances are, what an IRA is, and how it functions, where they have it. It's just amazing to me. So I know I've seen situations in which people will come in with a couple of shopping bags full of papers. <laughs> it's not organized, and it just gets dumped onto the table, and then you have to sort it all out. It's even worse if somebody dies and that happens, isn't it, Tenny? Oh, that, that's what we call the treasure hunt, because <laughs> we just have no idea where to look to see where this person may have had some financial assets. And sometimes people will stuff cash even in funny places inside their houses. Oh, under mattresses. So don't be so quick, uh, ladies and gentlemen. If you have a parent who's passed away and you have to go in and clean up the mess and maybe they've been a semi-hoarder, don't just call in a company to clean it all out because you don't know what things might have been put where. And it takes time, doesn't it, Tenny? Oh, it's a very difficult project, but yes, it takes a lot of time. Have you been involved in any clean-out, semi-hoarding situations in in your practice? Oh, we have. 
one in particular on the Cape that we went through all kinds of stuff as much as we could. And then we did call in a disposal company to just take the rest of it away. It was impossible. But Couldn't you, even walk through a room. But you had to go through everything carefully to make sure something wasn't stashed. We, we did do that. So right. how could we prevent that from happening? Well, if you're an older person listening, um, do you have any place where you have a list of your assets? How about your passwords to get into your computers and to get into your various systems and programs? Um, so this is a great article from a couple of years ago. And by the way, if anybody wants a copy of any of these articles that I'm talking about today, give me a call at uh, 508-998-8858. would be happy to give you copies of some of these articles. So one couple, 73 years of age, said, uh, my wife and I just finished going through our yearly update, which is a multi-page document that we call in the event of, in the event of our death. And it's a complete record of their total financial picture. And it says, we've made a list of brokerage accounts, mutual funds, real estate holdings, complete with contact information, user IDs, and password. So this is a couple that updates it every single year. Uh, What a great blessing that would be for the children who have to come behind. Oh, absolutely. It's a wonderful thing. It's a torturous thing to do, but really important. And also mentioned in this same article is something that I like to harp on all the time, the importance of having a power of attorney Mm -hmm. for both property and health care. Yeah, that's one of the most valuable documents you can have. Absolutely. Everyone should have them. So I want to give you one quick uh, quotation from George Burns who said, retirement at 65 is ridiculous. When I was 65, I still had pimples. (laughs) I like George Burns. We're going to come back and take a short break, and, and then we're going to come back and talk about some very specific things you can do to organize your affairs so that whoever comes after you is not going to have a mess to deal with. Right, Tenny? So, <laughs> Why are you asking me? Because <laughs> we're, we're both fairly organized. <laughs> yes. So stay tuned, and we will be right back. Welcome back to MoneyWise, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to this wonderful Sunday morning. Thank you for being with us. We really appreciate the time. We have so many people that tell us all the time that they listen to the show every week. And by the way, Tenny, I know you're doing some work to help your nephew who's down in North Carolina right now. And I just talked to him the other night, and I had told him about the radio show, and guess what he did? He visited our website, usawealthgroup.com, Because what we do is we take the radio shows after we've done them and we put them up on our website. So if you ever miss a show or you want to go back and look about a particular subject, um, you can go online and you can listen to the show. That's what he did. Well, good for him. And and Lord, we can be heard everywhere, huh? Uh, Yep. So (laughs) That's a bit scary. Well, it means I have to be careful about some of the things that I say in the radio. I don't discuss politics, I don't discuss religion, um, and I have to be a little careful about some of the jokes that we use. (laughs) But here's a quotation going back to the subject of untangling parents' financial lives. The more organized you can be, the better. So when you do an estate plan, you're doing a service for your family. You're you're making it much easier for them, aren't you? Yes. Tenny, do you ever do anything to have people keep track of... um, 
their wishes, their desires. I think you have something called a legacy document, don't you? We do, and whenever uh, people uh, sign their trust documents, their legal documents with us, we include this with their paperwork, and it's a wonderful document. It's called My Legacy, and it is a place that asks questions so that you can fill in all the information about you and your life story. Um, people say, oh, that's a great idea because I never thought really of uh, writing it down. But more importantly, it asks you questions that uh, you might not have thought about uh, recently or at all. For example, when I made out mine, I came to the question, what are the names, dates, and places of birth of your paternal grandparents? Well, that really struck me because I had no idea about my paternal grandparents. They were dead long before I was born. And so it caused me to do some investigation. I got in touch with a long-lost cousin who told me, in fact, that my grandmother's <coughs> name was Abigail Minerva Flagg. Oh Holy God. cow. Wow. <laughs> not sure I was glad I found that out. Abigail Minerva. Wow. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Or maybe you can do some genealogical research. Well, a couple of really quick tips. Um, parents, get yourself organized. Uh, children who have living parents, help them get organized. So here's one lady who said, after my mother's death, I used to get solicitations from various charities. And I would just write, deceased, return to sender on the envelopes and mail them back. And it stopped all the mailings from coming in. So That's think about that. pretty straightforward, pretty Those easy. It can be pretty annoying. But definitely catalog any valuable things that you might have, whether it's uh, firearms, watches, stamps, coins, and uh, keep a record, most importantly. And especially in this day and age, you really need to keep track of computer codes because it, what if somebody can't get into your computer account to close it out or something of that nature? Oh, say nothing about retirement. I had an email attachment the other day that asked me for my password for something, and we put in every password that we thought we knew. <laughs> I still couldn't open the attachment because it wasn't the right one. What frustration. No, and when somebody's gone, get rid of the credit cards too. Cancel the credit cards at yes. that point. And then cut up the cards so they won't be sending you automatically new cards and, and get intercepted or something. Um, here's one other thing that I think was worthy. Uh, you mentioned about the importance of having a power of attorney. Power of attorney is only good while somebody's alive, right? Yes, and people don't understand that or, or really know about that. The instant of death, the power of attorney power, the agency disappears. And so at that point, you have to have other kinds of documents in place to have things go where you want them. It has to be either a will or a trust, or the state has an intestacy statute that will tell you where things are going to go, whether you want it or not. <laughs> so I, I have to tell you... Um, uh, you know, we're fortunate that we live fairly close to our children and grandchildren, aren't we, Jenny? Oh, we are. And not everybody has that opportunity. Well, George Burns had commentary on that subject once. He said, happiness is having a large, loving, caring, close-knit family in another city. <laughs> That's yeah. not a nice commentary. No, but it's cute. Not everybody wants to be that close to their family. Yeah, I was struck about 
all the conversation recently about holidays and how what you're going to do with uh, family at holiday occasions, I thought, gee, people really must have worse situations than I realize. Yeah, well, uh, as we sometimes like to say, there is no such thing as a normal family. That's for sure. Every family has issues. So, Tendi, do you like flowers? I do. I love them. Okay. So, George Burns once said, at my age, flowers scare me. What does that mean? He's thinking of funeral flowers, Tendi. Oh, well, that never occurred to me. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well... Sometimes, I'm, always, I'm always impressed by people who take flowers off graves. Mm. I can't imagine doing that. Take but flowers I haven't seen it. Off of graves? Yeah. No, wait, Out no funeral. I've seen people go around and <laughs> pluck the flowers, take them home. <laughs> My God, how would that make you feel? That would be kind of spooky. Well, here's, here's our message for today then as far as taking flowers from the grave. They're going to be haunted, and you're going to wish you hadn't done it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I do want to give you a tax tip. Um, One of the several tax newsletters I subscribe to, which just came out recently, says the IRS, the Internal Revenue Service, is looking to increase tax compliance. They've pumped more money into their enforcement division. So don't cheat on your taxes, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, The IRS is looking at people in business who are not paying their payroll taxes. They're sometimes visiting these firms to look at their records, and um, they're looking at conservation easement donations. If you have given a conservation easement to a a nonprofit organization, a lot of people have them uh, pumped up for valuation, and they're they're taking more money for deductions than what they should. They're looking into cryptocurrency. But the other thing they're looking at is offshore tax evasion, So a lot of these apply to wealthier people, obviously. But they're also looking at people who just simply have not filed their tax returns or they're behind in their tax returns, and you just can't fudge your taxes. So uh, this is basically just a simple warning. They are going to spend more money on enforcement. I'm not sure where this comes from. It's probably because they need more revenue in Washington. Well, probably, and for years they didn't have a big enforcement division you would tell people that um you the taxes are not likely to be audited or reviewed but i guess that's changing it is the percentage of audits is much less than one percent but it doesn't mean you're always going to get away with it so honesty is always the best policy it's not worth it you don't want to be spending lots and lots of money trying to defend yourself with the irs or in court or something like that you know in the office um uh pete Lance, our son, and Cheryl Marciano run the Lance Family Insurance Agency together, and they do property insurance for homeowners and renters and car insurance and so forth. And one of the things that I asked Cheryl to do is, I said, give me something every week, so we're going to try to do this, showing where you've been able to help somebody and what you've been able to save them. And these are true stories. So recently she had a case where Um, somebody was paying, they had several cars in the family, $3,376 a year for car insurance. One driver with two cars, and they only had limited liability of $20,000, 2040 it's called. Um, 
Cheryl got them a quote for better coverage, more liability for 2004-29. So it went from 33.76 to 24.29 for the better coverage. And um, then on the homeowner's insurance, because she looked at that as well, I'm not sure why. This seems like it was really high. Their current homeowner's insurance was $2,700 a year, and she had that reduced to $1,011, and that saved $1,689. Between the car insurance savings and the home insurance savings, this family with one house, two cars, saved $2,636 a year. I mean, that's just a stunning savings. Yes, she does a, a terrific job. If anybody wants to talk with her, um, what she would want is for you to bring in your present coverage page and then just sit down with her. There's absolutely no obligation, and if she doesn't find any savings, she'll let you know. Now, that's an unusual amount of savings, uh, uh, $2,600 a year. But it's, it's a true savings, and it's a true case. Um, many of her cases are, you know, 500 to $1,500. But give her a call. Um, I don't have her number handy, but I can ask you to call 508-998-8858, and they'll be happy to transfer it over. Take the time to look. Um, if you can save money, you should save money. Um, the next thing I'd like to jump back to is, um, well, how about George Burns? George Burns. George <laughs> That's Burns. That's what people wait for are your quotes. Well, I, I like this one because it sounds like me a little bit. It takes only one drink to get me drunk. The trouble is I can't remember if it's the 13th or the 14th. <laughs> but that was kind of cute. He had a lot of cute things that he said. But you are talk. indeed a cheap drunk. <laughs> well, Which is fine. I don't drink much. I mean, <laughs> one drink is my limit. Um, there's a couple of George Burns quotes I can't use on the radio, but if you want to hear it, just give me a call <laughs> and I'll tell you off the radio. Um, well, but, one thing that people do when they're facing retirement or just after they've retired and are getting older is they wonder about moving. Do they need to downsize? Do they need to um, have a place that they can rent instead of own um, or a place that is handicap accessible and so forth. So we get lots and lots of questions about that, don't we? We do, and I've got a client right now who's up in the Worcester area. In fact, I might meet him this coming week again. Um, he has a lovely house. Um, they have no children, husband and wife. They actually built their house about 20 years ago, and it looks brand new. That's what your house looks like if you don't have kids. <laughs> right, no kids, no animals. <laughs> no animals, no kids. Um but um, his house has uh, two levels, and he's not quite retired, but he's about 65, and his wife is a couple of years younger. And he said, I'm concerned that we're going to have a hard time climbing stairs later. So he's now looking for a new place to buy some land and build a new house that he wants to have all in one level. So he's really thinking about this ahead of time. The one thing we don't have in our area, though, Tenny, is we don't have a lot of housing stock that has that kind of housing where there's housing all built on one level. And not only housing um, in terms of bedrooms and that sort of thing, bathrooms, but um, laundry is a real problem. Um, we have a mutual friend that 
has her laundry in the basement and yep. she's 88 years old mm-hmm. and she still insists on going down to do it. Um, I said, well, how do you do that? She said, well, I throw the bag of laundry down the stairs first and then I go down. I think, oh my good Lord, this lady standing at the top of a stairway flinging a bag. I'm going to find her at the bottom of the stairs someday. Well, not just that, but then you have to carry it back up the stairs. So um, I know the person that you're talking about, and she could afford to do some serious surgery remodeling and put the washer and dryer on the first main level, couldn't she? She could, but she's really a stubborn lady. (laughs) Um, But we often have clients who come in and ask us about um, analyzing for them whether it's more useful to stay in their home or to move and um, how they can handle their finances if, if they stay at home. We just did that with a family, with a, with a lady. Um, she is getting more physically infirmed, but she does have the opportunity in her house to remain on one level. But she was thinking of selling her house and renting, and that means that she has to pay rent for the rest of her life. Um, And the question is, does she have the finances to do that? We did an analysis for her and determined that if she did a reverse mortgage on her house, she could stay there forever Mm -hmm. and not have payments any longer. So that's one thing to think about, folks. Well, there's lots of different options when you're thinking about should you stay in your house or should you move someplace else? And one is financial, as Tenny has just mentioned. And yes, we've helped a number of people with reverse mortgages to pay off their existing mortgage so they didn't have a mortgage payment to pay in retirement. And the last thing that most people want to do is to move. But you can also remodel. You could use you know, money that you've saved or a mortgage perhaps, and you could use that money for fixing up a house differently so that you could stay there. And um, what about transportation? Um, are you going to be able to drive forever? What happens if you are having difficulty driving right now? Are you a place where somebody can help you, pick you up, get rides, use an Uber, use a bus? And Are you near to your services? Yeah. Um, where would you get drugs? Where would you get uh, groceries? All those kinds of things. very wise person said to me once when we were in the midst of thinking about where to move, he said, look, you're getting older. Don't move 6,000 miles out into the country. Think about staying near some kind of a community center so you can get to places. Well, socialization is very important also. You, you, you don't want to be isolated in just your own home living alone. If you don't have the opportunity to have a family member living with you, for example, are you close where you can go to a place, whether it's a, a church or a community center or a council on aging, um, things of that nature? Socialization, being involved with other people, is critical to living longer and staying healthy. So we have uh, lots of good articles. There was an article recently um, in the Wall Street Journal that talks about how to decide whether to move or stay in your house at retirement. And we have a lot of skilled people in the office who can sit down with you. We can sit down with you and talk to you about some of that stuff. Or if you'd like a copy of the article... Please just call our office, 508-998-8858. And, um, you know, George Burns once talked about retirement because he he worked pretty long, and he said, 
don't stay in bed unless you can make money in bed. <laughs> I guess you could interpret that one a number of different ways. It depends, I guess, on your um, sex. See, now you are reading things into this that I, I wouldn't have read into this, Tenny. <laughs> so, well. I think of Les Miserables and that song, yes. <laughs> well, I'm not sure what that song is. <laughs> well, retirement is a difficult process in general. Um, Ella Harris once said, a retired husband is often a wife's full-time job. Oh, so many people worry about their husband retiring. Of course. What am I going to do with him in the house all day? Well, think about that. Most people, they don't see each other during the daytime. If one or both of them are working, they spend more time with their coworkers than they do with their spouse. All well, of a sudden, you got to face the reality of, is this the person that I married such a long time ago? Well, I what think do it's, I do now? I think it's the responsibility of both spouses to figure out what to do with their retirement years and how to stay involved, stay interesting, <laughs> not be a... Uh, real hassle for your spouse. Well, a lot of people think they're going to be happier in retirement. Um, so again, another great quotation from uh, dear George Burns. <laughs> Happiness, a good cigar, a good meal, or a good cigar and a good woman, or a bad woman. <laughs> it depends on how much happiness you can handle. <laughs> uh, he was great. Yeah, I like that one. I could hear him saying that with his cigar in his hand. Yep. <laughs> Um, we have some interesting guides that we're happy to pass out. Um, give us a call at USA Wealth Group at 508-998-8858. And we have something called your 2019 Guide to Retirement Plans, and it talks about all the different, in the space of about eight pages, all the different kinds of retirement plans from traditional 401ks to Roth 401ks to 403bs if you work for a nonprofit, for example traditional IRAs and Roth IRAs. And then if you're in business for yourself, you might want to do a SEP IRA, which stands for a self-employed person, or a simple IRA. So there's lots of different types. And again, Tenny, your nephew is going to receive a copy of this because we had an interesting conversation about how to put aside even more money for retirement. So anytime you've got questions about retirement plans, we do a great deal of work with uh, how to handle them, what's the best place to invest the money, uh, when should you take distributions, should you take money from your IRA or retirement account before you take it from Social Security, for example. Lots of good things we can help you with, and uh, just give us a call at 508-998-8858, and we're happy to help you. Well, it was scary to me when you were talking with my nephew about retirement to think, my God, it's my nephew, and he's talking about retirement. Well, in January, he's going to be 50. Yeah, amazing. I, I have a lot of memories of him what when he was a little kid. What does that make um, Ancient. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to sound like George Burns before long, Tenny. <laughs> he once said, when I was a boy, the Dead Sea was only sick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> so, I like George Burns. We're not going to do any more George Burns quotations. Yeah, I think that's probably enough for today. I just saw the word George, but it's George Bernard Shaw. No, I, I like the quotations. They're a lot of fun. Um, George Foreman. What's George Foreman famous for, Tenny? His grills. 
<laughs> See, he's so famous for his grills, people don't even realize that he was a famous boxer. He's a boxer, I know. Okay, I didn't know. But if I knew like that. his grill to make hamburgers well, in the winter. <laughs> how'd, how'd you like to retire and be famous for the Foreman Grill, the George Foreman <laughs> Grill? Well, I guess it probably pays pretty well as a retirement job, doesn't it? <laughs> well, George Foreman once said. The question isn't at what age I want to retire, it's at what income. And we had a whole different subject uh, category that we're not gonna have time to cover today on um, the human sides of uh, retirement. Men and women have different thoughts about how to retire. 10 ways to retire gradually. Are you afraid to retire? Nine keys to a happy retirement or Learn how to prepare financially for retirement. And I do have a number of people that I see attending, I'm sure you do as well, who really approach this with some um, methodology. And they really want to do this in in a very systematic way and think about, can I afford to retire? Do I have enough money? Where will I get the money from? Um, Those are the kinds of things that we like to help people with. And... If you uh, can use any of our advice, give us a call or give attorney Tenny Lance a call. Tenny, thank you for being here as always. And Tenny can be reached at 508-998-8800. And my last quotation for today is George Bernard Shaw. You don't stop laughing when you grow old. You grow old when you stop laughing. So Tenny, I will always laugh at you. I mean, (laughs) laugh with you. And you always love it that I laugh at your jokes. Yeah. Sad as some of them may be, folks. Yeah. <laughs> well, the happiest couples we see in the office are the people that have a sense of humor because <laughs> you have to get a sense of have to have a sense of humor to get through it. Thank you for listening. We'll be with you again. <laughs>